Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Tabby Remchuk. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. I really hope the Oilers aren't 0-3 by the end of the night. Let's get into it with the lead. We also always forget that when we do the lead, like, duh, the people don't hear us. I let out a big sigh. After I oh, did people that one. don't. Very little energy in that one for me. I'm actually somewhat nervous for tonight's game. I don't want to be talking about an 0 3 team tomorrow. Well, I have a great article coming out if they do go 0 3. You already wrote it? Well, in my head. <laughs> okay. I've, I've, I've thought I also that. have a really good idea if they go 0 3 for an article. So, at least, <laughs> But it's not going to happen. But yes. I really hope it's not going to happen. Yeah, we should be fine. all right welcome into oilers nation every day not just any oilers nation every day a sherwood ford giant game day edition of the show shout out to sherwood ford their fantastic mobile service department i also really like uh the app you get when you have a ford really i didn't know they had an app can start my car from my truck oh i did or my truck from my phone whoa Whoa. that made little sense uh we are live from the sports closet studio we're getting set for tonight's game for our friends at sherwood ford the giant and I actually think we have a pretty decent show lined up. We're going to talk about the Oilers lineup, talk about some big storylines. Michael Gallagher from Nashville Hockey Now is going to join us, and we're going to pick his brain about everything Predators. Really get a feel for what this Predators team is heading into tonight. Yeah, because they are the most intriguing, non-intriguing team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good way to describe them. They've got like a weird amount of good players, but not many good enough outside of that. Like I don't know if they're good or bad. They have a great goaltender. Mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly signed there. It was like the prize possession at the trade deadline. Yeah. Forsberg still legit. Yeah. Forsberg is there. Colin Sissons has three goals in three games. Roman Yossi is still a, a Nashville Predator. He, we forget about him. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into the team. Preds lineup in a little bit. We'll, yes. we'll dig into that. Uh, we are live on the Oilers Nation YouTube as always, where the first comment of the day goes to not Tyler Mulek, <laughs> who says, first time watching this show, does anybody know if Gretzky and Messier used to play together or did Slather always keep them apart? Uh. We read that because we always do a little, ooh, what's going on in the YouTube? We read that before we went live. We laughed very hard. I still yeah. have tears of my eyes. That's hilarious. <laughs> it is very funny. It's uh, an objectively funny bit. I wonder what Tyler Mulek thinks of it because he's in the chat and is apparently mm-hmm. starting a bit, a, a bit of an army here. Team Mulek. Oh, yeah. The, you guys are blowing up the chat right now with hashtag Team Mulek. You know what? I'm all for it. Good to have camaraderie. Um, yeah. I've never shied away from being the bad guy. I'm the, I'm the Gary Bettman of the show. I had to hand Ooh. out discipline. <laughs> I had to hand out discipline. Um, team Tyler. Also, someone else now is not Tyler Mulek either. <laughs> and we were talking. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, we have a... We have a pretty good idea who not Tyler Mulek is, but we also said it would be objectively way more hilarious if that actually wasn't Tyler Mulek. I don't know. There's just a lot. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, guys. Let's try to keep the comments for the game. 
Because this, I, I can't tell. Do you have actual questions? Does anyone have takes? Vince is in. In soup, we trust. McDavid owns Barry anyways. Then he signs it TM. <laughs> Come on. Oh my God. This is you know hilarious. what? That's all good. If you guys are going to do this, at least hit the like button. Yeah, let's get some likes Please. for Tyler Mulek. Mm-hmm. I think he's 37. So Can we get not likes. Tyler Mulek to set the like goal? Yeah, it's not Tyler Mulek. This is his day. This goal. is his day. Um. All right. Yeah, sure. Not Tyler Mulek. You can set the light goal for today. I was going to do number of points Tyson Berry had as an oiler, Ooh. but I'm now seeing that's like 134 or something. So I bet we could hit that though. Let's do it. Wait, Why not? but Tyler has to agree. 132. Tyler, not Tyler. 132. But we'll see what Tyler Mulek says. Um, all right. Oilers spreads tonight. Edmonton 0-2 right now, and they're making some changes ahead of tonight's hockey game. It will not be the same structure of lineup that you saw on Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks. Let's dig into our game day lineup brought to you by Sherwood Afford, the Giant for the Oilers, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Evander Kane. I, you guys kind of know my take on this. Yeah. I am not a huge fan of going nuclear at this point in the season. I think it needs to be a bullet that Jay Woodcroft shoots less. I think often icing, cool. Late in the game, cool. Down by a goal in the third, cool. I think after game two, just automatically throwing these guys together and saying, well, our only hope to win is if those two are scoring. That's a bit of a mistake. I don't think they gave Connor Brown enough of a leash in the top six. I don't like that they're breaking up the third line. But at the same time, this could work tonight. Yeah, I mean, it it should work tonight. You've got your two best players in the league playing side by side. I think also this is maybe a bit of a credit to the work the third line has done. The chat is fucked today. <laughs> I know it is. You guys are skirk. Um, on the lines, I think it's a credit to the third line and how well they've done in the first two games. I know, they but then why'd you break them up? Yeah, because then it's like okay, well they've been good enough to elevate Fogel to the line. Maybe he can get Heim. Uh, who's he playing with there? Sorry, Hyman. Hyman. Hyman get going a little bit more. The third line with Holloway and McLeod and Brown, like. Brown's got to do something, right? Like if maybe that, they can get something there. If I'm if that new Hyman Fogel line scores a goal at five on five, I will do a shot of this Crown Royal behind me tomorrow on the show. That'll be the lead. Let's tomorrow. go. Shake on it. That was a long I, stretch. I don't. Yeah, that was very <laughs> awkward of us. Um, I don't think that line has enough juice. I think McLeod Holloway Brown is more likely to score than that second line. I think it's got some bite to it. I bet Fogel's the one who scores too. That's my that's my take. I'm not going to do. You a shot think Fogel scores tonight? Sure. Oh, why not? All right. Sure. If Holloway, McLeod, or Brown scores, I'll do a shot. There you go. You're on, Tyler. You're on. Fogel had a very good chance against Vancouver the other night when he um he got that quick shot off and he almost caught Smith off guard, but he caught it just in time through his five four. I don't know. Fogel's been Fogel's been good through two games. I think he could. It's been fine. Bang one tonight. All right, but. Evander Kane is the one who needs to capitalize. He's got to get caught. Yeah. I loved his hit on Philip Ronick. He absolutely murdered him. Yeah. That yeah. was great. But again, I'm not seeing enough on with, with the puck on his stick. Not seeing enough quality chances. This is a dude who I legitimately think could pop 40 this year. I do too. I'm not willing to sit here yet and be like, oh, he's not going to score 40. Evander Kane can score 40 for the Oilers. He's not going to do it if he plays the way he has through six periods this season. Yeah. So I, and again, I'm harder on him because I have higher expectations of him. Like, I'm not that mad with Zach Hyman's play at five on five so far this year because no. I think he's a 25 goal guy, 25, 30 goal guy who, who does good work on the power play and he four checks hard. I don't think we've missed on that at all so far this year. Um, I just have higher expectations for Vander Kane. I have a high bar for him because I think he's a really good player. Do you think he should have maybe considered 11 and seven tonight? 
considering we spoke about yesterday, the physicality they lacked in their defensive zone. Yep. You know, Dayane is going to bring that good or bad. And it gives you just the option even to like, if one of these guys doesn't have it, like Evan Bouchard didn't have it last game. I don't no. think Evan Bouchard should have played it as much at five on five as he did last game. But when you're 12 and six, you don't really have the option to go, you know what? We're going to run at home Dayane for a period. Yeah. I, I think Jay Woodcroft, if they go 11, if they were to go 11 and seven, you can do that. Damon Severson sat the entire third period for the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. He's their highest paid defenseman. Timo Meyer sat the entire third period for the New Jersey Devils last night. Highest paid forward. Highest paid players, Hamilton, either way. Highest paid forward. I mean, if guys don't have it, I would prefer to see that. I do. I would too. Especially, you may recall last playoffs when mm-hmm. Deane and Costin both had their asses parked on the pine for basically yeah. an entire but game. But Jay Woodcroft will do it to his depth guys. We've never seen Jay Woodcroft do it to a big gun. No, I think. Uh, I don't think it's something that divides the room at all. I think mm-hmm. it actually brings it together maybe a little bit more. Holds guys like, accountable. Everyone's on the everyone's up for grabs. Like you got to play your best to be in the lineup and deserve mm-hmm. to play. Or just be given the opportunity. Yeah. Um, all right. Kelly is in on the Facebook chat. Fogel can't finish. Nurse makes too many mistakes. Ding. Facebook chat, like the YouTube chat, we've gotten it pretty good, right? We do the whole if you complain about nurse in his contract, you get put in timeout. Um, Facebook okay. chat, always good for one anti nurse comment a day. They'll always oh yeah. I always jab you once with it. Um, Clyde is also in. Connor is a minus four. I expect a big game from him tonight. We need this dub, boys. We do. Someone on Facebook also asked if it's a home or away game tonight. Away game. They're in Nashville. Yeah, uh, the home of Leon Dreisaitl. Home of Leon Dreisaitl. The mayor of Smashville. The mayor of Smashville. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, Blue line for the Oilers. Just pull up the roster again. Going to be the same as last game by all accounts, (laughs) unless there's a last-minute change ahead of warm-ups. If you want to find out the latest, you should tune into pre-gaming with Boardsy. Myself, Aaron Bordado, we're going to be live an hour up or for one hour right up until puck drop on the YouTube. So Aaron will be keeping an eye on warm-up lines and all that stuff. Damn right. Come hang. Let's get the chat going just like in this one. Sounds like Jack Campbell is going to get the start tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. He was in the starters net at morning skate today. Um, Jack Campbell, first game of the year, got yanked. Not ideal. There's a nice picture from our good friend, Tony Brar. We were in the same Nate semester. Tony Brar was two semesters below us. And now he works for the Oilers. Kind of makes you think about where we went wrong. I would argue we started his career. Sure. Couldn't have done it without you. Know, you. Yeah, let's take, Couldn't have done it without you. Let's take an insane amount of credit for Tony Brar's career. And we're stealing his picture of Jack Campbell in the starters crease. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Tony and to Jack who's getting the start tonight. But he got yanked in game one. We kind of said none of them were really his fault. But then you go back and watch him again and you see little things he maybe could have done differently. They need a big game from from Jack Campbell. I want to address a comment from the YouTube from Troy, who got mad at me for not reading this comment earlier. There's a structure to this show, Troy. Uh, He said, did you hear the rumor about Jackson saying Campbell has six games to prove himself this year? Who's Jackson? Jeff. 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 I've heard of him. I don't think he would ever say that. So I did. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. I haven't seen this. I saw that rumor. Where? It was through Reddit. One burner account. I can't remember the name. Trina's oil? Yeah. Uh, is that who it is? I can't remember. I think so. The the lady, Trina's oil. Is that one? Yeah. yeah. For Garfield, did Garfield, Garfield have it? But Garfield had it. I mean, been right before. I don't think it was also necessarily Campbell. That I'm pretty sure. Or not do it. Yeah. Like the tweet specifically said whatever it may be is like the goaltender. If the goaltender knows shows no sign of improvements by game five, then it needs to be considered. But also. Five games into the season is a very small sample size. If we're here in 
December. December. Then yes, it 100% needs to be. But also, that's such an obvious comment. Hey, if you have no depth score, then you need to figure that out. Hey, if your defenders can't defend, you need to figure that out. If your goalie's bad, they need to be better. Yeah. Like, yeah, no <laughs> What? Yeah. Don't so. believe anything that account says specifically. Yeah. Like, you should just, everyone should just go mute them. So there you go. Um, Andrew, Treen called one thing a decade ago. Exactly. Um, wow. Don't believe everything you read on the internet, especially when it sounds as insane as that. Um, Nelly is in on the Facebook. I'm, I don't know why, but the Facebook's like right yeah. in my eyesight. Yeah. Just said this is their second road game. It is. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. It is their second road game and they're looking for their first road win. Uh, we're going to get a handle on the Nashville side of things. Like I said, in about 15 minutes when Michael Gallagher stops by the stream for a little bit, uh, but it is a Sherwood Ford giant game day. So let's talk about some of the big storylines ourselves. Matthias Ekholm. Back yes. in Nashville for the first time since the trade, obviously an emotional time for Ekholm because he was in a way blindsided by this deal. And I think obviously from our perspective, it was very easy to sit here and be like, hey, we are excited about getting this dude. The legit number two, three defenseman, Oilers best defensive defenseman now. Like there was a lot of excitement, but it's very easy to forget about the Ekholm side of it. He signed an extension in Nashville that just kicked in last year. Yes. He wanted to be a predator for the remainder of his career. He thought he was going to be a predator for the remainder of his career. And then suddenly at the deadline, you're being shipped up to Edmonton. Uh, Ekholm speaking to the assembled media in Nashville today. Um, talked about just kind of how emotional it will be. And he said, quote, not really. Or sorry, he said, I think that kind of sunk in a couple of weeks ago when you're like, okay, I'm actually going back. Talking about the trade, he says, I got the call at 430. You leave the next morning at eight in the morning. You don't really have a chance to think about it. And it's more than just an emotional whirlwind at the time. Um, yeah, I, I kind of feel for Ekholm. This is obviously going to be an emotional night for him, um, but also should be a bit of a motivator for him as well. Yeah, I think so. I think it should be a bit of a motivator for him. And he Even was the whole big, team, right? He's a big figure there in Nashville. Like one of the players that went to the Stanley Cup final with yeah. him and like, uh, 700 some games. Yeah. That's a lot of games. mentality. Like it's kind of a big, big part of all of that. So I would expect better things tonight from Ekholm than, I, than we saw on Saturday night. Don't think he'll be getting beat from the outside. Like he did again, probably be able to anticipate that a little bit more. Yeah. And I mean, happens though. Sometimes you get caught. And we know he's banged up and he's yeah. not the fleetest of foot either. Like speed is not Ekholm's strength no, at all. No, no. So I think, you know, maybe if he's just losing that hair of a step because of the injury, because of not playing in the preseason, all of that, you can kind of see it. Um, yeah. I, I certainly hope Ekholm's better tonight. Yeah, I, I hope all the defensemen so. are better, but Ekholm specifically for his own sake. Uh, this is also going to be our first chance to get a look at Tyson Berry taken on the Edmonton Oilers in a Predators jersey. Um, obviously, a part of that trade going back the other way last season. Barry played two and a half seasons with the Edmonton Oilers before he had to be moved, basically just for a straight-up cap casualty. Barry's done a handful of podcasts over the last year talking about how difficult it was for him to be traded. He was loved in that room. He was very tight with Leon Dreisettle and Connor McDavid. Yeah. Um, he was, in a way, a member of the core, even if... Maybe the fans didn't view it that way. Yeah, I think like on the ice, building a team, Ken Holland's perspective, Barry was not a pillar of this group. Yeah, but he was in the room. Yeah, I mean, part of the first unit power play. And yeah, it, it is funny to think he was here for short, such a short amount of time. I feel like Barry was actually 
you know, it felt like he was there for a while because he had a good, good felt like a staple. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't, I don't miss him too much, especially since he's coming back in March anyway in the Mm -hmm. trade deadline. According to my (laughs) predictions, Um, we'll see what he is tonight. Did you see that quote we had about? Drysaddle being like the mayor of Smashville. Yeah, I did see this. He basically said that he's like, well, he won't have as much success tonight because I'm not passing him the puck. Oh, Barry, maybe you will. Maybe you will. Leon Drysaddle absolutely owns the Nashville Predators. These are his career numbers against the Preds, right? (laughs) Yeah, every time we look at these, I always forget how dominant he is. Over the last two seasons, he's played the Nashville Predators six times. He has eight goals and eight assists. Uh, in this career, I think he scored the game winner like eight times or something too. Like he absolutely owns Nashville. I was talking about this today with uh, our pal, Kevin Carius on sports 1440. Um, and it doesn't even make sense. Oh, think about is? this. No, like why this matchup oh, yeah. does not make sense. They have for this entire 23 game run had a bona fide top five goalie between the pipes. It's either been Pekka Rene or UC Saros. UC Saros' numbers against the Oilers and Rene's for that matter are still somehow good. But it's like just Leon Dreisel that tortures them. They've always had like a Weber, Suter, Ekholm in his prime. Now it's been guys like Yossi, obviously top five defenseman in the league. Ryan McDonough's a good shutdown D. Ryan Ellis back when he was healthy. PK Subban. PK, like all of these... You would think these stats come against the Arizona Coyotes or the Anaheim Ducks, not the Preds, who are pretty good and have been pretty good for a Or even like another good team. Like if these stats were even against like Colorado and it was like, ah, well, like they're not, they're known as a high flying offensive team. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Nashville's known for keeping pucks out of their net, but somehow Leon Dreisaitl is like one of the few guys they just can't do it against. It's insane. Another layer to it too is how little the Oilers actually play in Nashville. Like well, it's yeah. not like they're divisional opponents, like they never have been throughout Drysaddle's Dry- mm-hmm. career. There's even a year in there where they simply did not play against each other. Yeah, like, Canadian division, COVID year, right? Like, just crazy what he's been able to do against them. And yeah, like you said, it is extremely random. But I guess sometimes you just have that one team who you can absolutely dominate against. And yeah, I hope we see it again tonight because it's just a crazy run. Like, look at these numbers from Tony here. <laughs> it's so funny. Just nuts. How do you score 20 goals in 11 games against <laughs> anyone, nuts. man? It's <laughs> wild. 30 points, 11 tonight. games. He gets to wear his cowboy boots to the rink, right? That's got to be it. He's been 115 guy. to score a goal tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, see, it, see it the cashier, buddy. But even that in a sick way feels like a trap because I'm like, I look at those numbers and I'm just like, at some point, like law of averages or whatever, right? It's got to regress to the mean. But why? I did. But tonight he's playing with Connor McDavid. Yep. Every single moment he is on the ice. So his shot prop, which is also nice tonight, is over three and a half. He's yeah. going to be the shooter on that line. Yeah. Plus 110. Goal, what did I say? Plus 115 to grab a point, minus 400. Lol. Uh, two points, <laughs> minus 125. That's minus 125. Three points. Plus 200. That's where I'm going. Here's the That's thing, though. It just makes too much sense. I know. It's too good. It's too good to be too true. Good to be true. I like the Oilers on the puck line tonight, too, by the way. Um, I always think this is pretty funny. It's like the gambler's fallacy. We've talked about this yeah. before. Of like a guy like Leon Drysaddle right now, he's as hot as hot could be against the National Predators. There's two ways to look at it. It's like he's super hot. He's going to keep this going. Or your brain switches and you're like, well, he must be due for a cold game. Now, we haven't seen that yet from him. But it could come 
I'm not going to put my money betting against Leon Dreisaitl tonight, though. This is I'm riding three points. This is nine straight spins of the roulette wheel all yep. being red. Do you walk up and go, it doesn't matter? Yeah. Or do you sit there and go, eventually it's got to hit black? Double zero green. <laughs> he also has goals in back-to-back games. So he's he's had out- a good outside yeah. of the Nashville thing, he's just had a good start to the season. Nine shots in two games. Three points. Lance says, like Tyler in a Barbie outfit, it just makes no sense. Um, Dangerous Wade says, we need a ginger beef and nurse fight. I don't think Reed Schaefer is playing. Is he back uh, in the dub? Or is he in the American uh, League? I believe he's... He might be... Let's have a quick peek. Wanye not- would be so disappointed in us for I've not... i Nashville roster here, if you'd like. Sure. Let's have a peek. He is he's in Milwaukee. Okay, so he's down in Milwaukee. Has isn't playing uh, in the NHL. But here is the projected lineup for the Nashville Predators, as always, brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, and Yuso Parsonen, who's a sneaky good player for them, actually. I, I think this Nashville team is really going to struggle to score this year, but I like Yuso Parsonen. Uh, Cody Glass with Cole Smith and Gustav Nyquist. Thomas Novak, Novechkin, with Luke Evangelista and Phil Tomasino. Colton Sissons with Kiefer Sherwood and Yakov Trenin. The D pairings are Yossi with Fabro, McDonough with Carrier, Lozon with Barry. Expect Yossi to see a whole heck of a lot of that 97-29 duo on the Edmonton Oilers. And you, uh, UC Saros is expected to get the start between the pipes. Uh, Luke Shen out of the lineup day-to-day. We'll see if they end up getting him back before this evening's game. This is just a Preds team that lacks firepower. Straight up, point blank. They, yeah, truly. Like It's mm-hmm. funny though, isn't it? Hasn't this team just always lacked firepower? Like I feel like this has always been the case. I know. The forward group is mid. I was going to say, their four groups mid. That and is then, the word to always describe them. But there's some players who I would actually like to see on the Oilers one day. Like, I don't mind Trennan. He's tough. He's, he's a good physical player. Uh, Tomasito's a good player. Novak, wasn't he the one? Didn't he have like a surprisingly good season last yeah, year? I like mm-hmm. Novak. He's decent. That's like, why they called him Novechkin. Yeah, like... <laughs> Nyquist was a guy Oilers were considering last season. I know that was mostly because of Ironically, the injury he had. Yeah. But some good players on this team. And I think at the deadline, they're going to be picked apart pretty good, I think, with talent going everywhere and then building up some picks again. And then apparently they want to be competitively good more often than not. Like just assuming like the Ryan O'Reilly signing, that's kind of what they said, right? So maybe next season is when they then build off what they've done this year. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the tough part with where the Preds are at as a, as an organization is. I think they're a group that would probably benefit from a hard reset. Me too. With UC Saros and Roman Yossi, you're never going to be bad enough to, to successfully do it. You're never going to be what San Jose or Chicago and all those teams were. Yeah. Because if you have an elite goalie and Saros is truly in the elite of the elite, you're going to get propped up in the standings. You're not going to be a bottom five team. You're going to struggle to even be a bottom 10 team if you wanted to. They just have too many stars. Those three stars, Forsberg, Yossi, and Saros, are enough to just carry them. I wonder what it's going to take for Saros to get out of there. Five million, 20 years old. He has two years left on his deal. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder, obviously, from an oldest perspective, we just talked about goaltending. And if it isn't good enough, like, what's it going to take? Because they've proven that they're they're willing to move on from guys like what mm-hmm. what they do. They bought out Duchesne and who's the other fella? Uh, Johansson. They flipped to uh, Colorado and kept half his money. Taurus was the other player I was thinking of. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, they've been searching for a decade to find a true number one center. Yeah, they've spent a lot of money. 
gone through the bio thing a bunch. They've never found one, which is why well, they probably. What would you give up? Pissaros. I would honestly give up whatever they wanted. Well, to, like to an extent. I guess. Yeah. Like, I mean, so there's the obvious untouchables, right? Um, then you got to think about pieces that they'd even have interest in because the only forward on the roster they would probably have any interest in is Holloway. If they what? like, for whatever reason, think they could flip them to a centerman. What if you go similar deals to last year where you get like, or go, maybe you can get Campbell in that deal. As sell, first. Them, sell the money. You Campbell's got to go in it. Yeah. 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 Campbell has to be in the deal. So would you do, so UC Soros is making 5 million bucks. <clears throat> So again, the money would have to make sense deal. to some extent. Right, and he's got one more year on the deal. So for two years of UC Soros, do you do Broberg, Holloway, two firsts, and Campbell? I feel like that's too much. Yeah, that's too much. I, I, like I would do that. Two years of a Vesna winning goalie. He's 28. Oh, I 100% agree. I just don't think that's the way the league trades. Can we put it as a poll? What, what, all of that? I don't yeah, know if it'll well, fit. It might not fit, but <laughs> would you do Tyler's hypothetical trade? Two firsts. Holloway, Broberg, Campbell. Because you have to remember, you're getting rid of Campbell in this. Holloway, Campbell, and Broberg. And, and two, two firsts. First. That's a haul right there. But he is that good. And if, you're that the, good. and if you're the Oilers, like again, one of the firsts is basically what you're spending to get out of the Campbell deal at this point. Yes. Not, and I know we hate when we talk about trading Campbell because it's not realistic, but in this sense, you kind of see why it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then it's basically Holloway, who is a third line winger for you right now. Yep. I understand the upside. I love Dylan Holloway. I think he's going to be a top six guy in this league. I like Philip Broberg. I think he'll be an everyday NHL defenseman at one point. I'm not sure if he's going to be a top four guy. And he's a spare part for you. And a first for two years of two playoff no, runs with UC Soros. I completely agree. But you wouldn't do it. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I just don't see that as a realistic trade. I just don't think the league thinks that way at all. I think I'm saying I wouldn't do that trade. You're essentially giving up four first round picks in, yep. in a way. That, when was the last time that happened? I just, I, that's yeah. the thing. Like, I just, that's my only argument against that. You I would, throw Tyson Berry in that deal coming back, and I agree. You might, you might have to get a couple of players coming back from Nashville. Too. Yakov Trenin. Hey, maybe. Novakin. I like I, Thomas Novak. I really I do. I like Tommy Novak, too, yeah. But Novak might be, hypothetically, the guy that makes it work, at least caps under a million. Oh, would I'm you trade Skinner straight up for Soros? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would, too. That was a dumb question. Yeah. <laughs> dumb question. 65 Skinner and a first. No. Uh, Skinner and, and a first? Yeah. No. I uh, see. I think I would. Skinner, no, Skinner, Skinner more for, valuable. How are sixty-five percent of you saying no to this? If UC Soros is available, you go get that guy. It's like Ekholm, like whatever the price is. I don't care. I'd throw in a third first. If you can get UC Soros, you do it. Have we not watched this team before? Did we not? Why did they lose to Vegas last year? Partially because their offense dried up and no one else in the top six outside ninety-seven twenty-nine could piss a drop. Mm-hmm. But also partially because they gave up a ton of weak goals. I, I believe in Skinner. I, I think Stuart Skinner can yeah. be the guy. I, I think agree. there's maybe a Soros is the guy right now. Is that, is that. there you go? You remove the the wonder. Just get the one of the best goalies in the league. You do it. Not Tyler Mulek. Skinner's a good Edmonton boy. I love it. I love that story. I am like hard pressed to push back against you on that. He'd still be here in this hypothetical. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. 
Oh, they're coming after you. I don't know why the chat thinks this is so insane. I Broberg and Holloway don't have the value that you think they do. Holloway 100% does. Broberg doesn't. Holloway isn't. If Holloway keeps this up for another He's a mid first round pick. He's still a first round pick. He scored three goals in 50 games. In his rookie season. Yeah, exactly. He is, what is he, 21? So you're going to give a 21 year old. Yes. Ross Broberg, 22 or whatever. Something like that. Two first round picks. I just, I don't know. I just don't think that's a trade that would ever be considered in the NHL. I'm not saying I wouldn't 100% do it. I just, I don't know. You need, I need to see this. Would you do the trade if it was just one first? I've seen that a couple of times in here of people saying, if the trade cut it down to one. A first, Campbell and Broberg, and then maybe like a third. That's what I would do. Yeah, it's, it's when you throw Dylan Holloway in there for I me. I know Holloway it's only been two games, but I have loved I love watching him. him these two games. I would also love, I would love, I would love, I would love watching you see Dude. You are without any question of a doubt the Stanley Cup favorites if you do that trade. 100%. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if you're... Te- I you don't killed know. Tyler. It's interesting. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. If they do it, could call up Lavoie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Lavoie's Full circle, right. baby. Um, I, I see our guest here. Okay, so something happened like four minutes ago. If you've seen me squirming around, I hit my foot really hard on the desk. Yeah, I thought I heard that. And my shoe fell off. So give me a second. <laughs> There you go. That was driving me absolutely insane. Just like the results of this poll. Maybe we should get Michael Gallagher's take on it. I think so. I see him. He's on the screen. He's joining us on the Star Mechanical guest line. It's Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company, starmechanical.ca. They've been around for a long time. You can trust them. You sure can. You can trust Michael Gallagher to give you a good Predators insight as well. That's Aaron. That's me. That's Michael Gallagher. (laughs) Michael, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, let's yeah. dig into things. Let's talk some Predators. Uh, first off, the big story from, well, really both sides. says it at the bottom of our screen. It's revenge games. Tyson Berry going up against the Oilers for the first time. And Matthias Eckholm making his return to Nashville. This is going to be kind of a bit of an emotional night inside Bridgestone Arena. Yeah, and I believe he even said that yesterday when he was talking to reporters. I have a story on Nashville Hockey Now, if you want to go read it too, talking about just... He said he he recognizes it's gonna be emotional and he's not shying away from that. He's gonna embrace it. Obviously, he's he spent you know the better part of a of a decade plus here. Uh, he even said this is where his family got started, where he met his wife, where two of his kids were born. There, there's a lot of emotional connections to Nashville, to the Predators, to the fan base here, and I think it's something that you know when you when you when you go back to a team after you're traded. Um, you know, they're going to do a tribute video to you and, and all this stuff's going to happen. A lot of guys try to act like it's not happening. And I think it's refreshing to see him kind of be like, I know this is what's going on. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to let myself feel it. And then we're going to move on because like you, like you said, the Oilers are 0-2. They need a win. And as much as he is going to get caught up in the nostalgia and stuff, he also is, is very much aware of the fact that the Oilers need to pull out a win tonight. Uh, on the flip side of that deal, obviously Tyson Barry went to you guys. How's, how's Barry been doing down there? He was a big piece of the core up here and, he, like we spoke about it just before, yeah. he spoke about missing Edmonton a lot in interviews. But how how has he been so far in his Nashville career? Yeah, he's been kind of the the forgotten guy in this whole scenario. Everyone wants to talk about it. it's Matthias Ekholm the first time he's playing the Predators. It's also Tyson Berry the first time he's playing the Oilers. Um, he he, I think he showed pretty well last year. He only had I think it was twenty four games with the Predators, uh, three goals, twelve points. 
not 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 bad production. Um, I think it's it's a little bit of a learning curve still for for Barry and a lot of the predators just with Andrew Burnett coming in, the new system they're running. Um, everyone wants to focus on the offense and how much that's changed. The the new run and gun style that Burnett's employing that also changes things for the defensemen. There's a lot more movement. There's a lot more space they're creating. There's a lot. There's just a lot more that goes into it with what they're doing. And I think Barry has played pretty well so far. Um, he's one of those guys that I think can move up and down the lineup. He can play on the top pairing with Yossi if they need him to. Um, I think he's, he's, he's shown pretty well with Ryan McDonough. They also have a couple other guys that they rotate in and out on the third pairing. He could, he could slot in there as well. He's really versatile. He, he's an offensive defenseman. He's pretty creative with the puck, but I think it's an underrated part of his game is just how versatile he is. He can play pretty much anywhere you need him to with anybody you stick him with and he's going to make it work. This summer in Nashville, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like it was all about resetting the culture in a sense. You know, Deshane Johansson out the door. They go get a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, who is known as being a really, really good guy in the room. What are your thoughts on that kind of approach? Because, I mean, like, I I get it, the culture reset. But also, you get rid of a guy who was your leading goal scorer last year in Matt Deshane. Has it felt like there's been a culture reset in Nashville? Do you think it worked? Yeah, I think the jury's still out on that. I, I see what, what Barry Trotz is going for. And I think that the plan that they're putting in place, I think you can we can kind of see where they're going. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Trading Ryan Johansson was something I think the writing was kind of on the wall. Everyone kind of expected that. But buying out Matthew Shane and and adding that much dead cap to to the salary cap over the next couple of years, I think was something a lot of fans were surprised by. And then also they didn't they didn't like the move. Matt Duchesne, yeah, obviously that the $8 million salary was kind of a gaudy number. You don't want to see something that high on, on your books, but he wasn't playing bad. Like you said, led the team in goals last year. He was still a 25 goal scorer if he, if he was healthy for a full season. The same thing with Philip Forsberg. I, I think both could have been a 30, 35 goal scorers this year. And we saw how good they were two years ago when they both had their career years. It was just one of those moves that was just kind of a head scratcher. But Barry Trotz even said, you know, you bring in Ryan O'Reilly. Luke Shen, Gustav Nyquist, he calls them serial winners. And he said um, the strength of the of the team right now is the young players they have. They have a really good farm system, and he doesn't want to just bring them all up, throw them into the fire and be like, okay, go learn on your own. It's important to have those quote-unquote serial winners to, to teach the young guys how to play, how to be pros, how to adjust to the NHL lifestyle. And and I see the merit in that. I, I think if if it if it works, great. If it doesn't, then you know what? You can you can blow it all up and go full rebuild in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's always an option. Yeah, I I always think it's funny when teams go into like these rebuilds and stuff because I always think of when Edmonton did it and there was just no veterans around here, and now all these teams just want to get veterans and help. Well, and all, all the guys like who were Edmonton in did it wrong for everyone else to to thrive. Yeah, I was gonna say the guys in Edmonton who went through those rebuilds kind of said like a big problem was that. It was the kids running the yeah. room. None of them knew what to do in the NHL. So I think it makes sense the way Nashville is going about it. Uh, you talked about some of the young players that maybe have them or have the fan base excited. Uh, give us a few names that maybe you're really intrigued to watch develop through the course of this season. Yeah, there's a lot of them. I think uh, I think the fans are probably most excited about Luke Evangelista. And I get it. The, the, the guy had a 50, 50 goal, 100 point season two years ago um, in the junior leagues. You see numbers like that. You're just kind of like, oh, get him to the NHL because you, you're kind of hoping that kind of translates over. Um, and he had a really good year with Milwaukee last year as well. He was really good for Milwaukee in the playoffs. And I think kind of the fact that he made the opening night roster kind of shows that he 
really made an impression on Andrew Burnett and on Barry Trotz because Trotz has been someone who has been more on the more in the camp of let the prospects play in the AHL as long as they need to before they're ready. He's not someone that likes to, to rush them. I think he said he, he prefers to let them bake as opposed to microwaving them. Um, so it was kind of curious to see Luke Evangelista, a very young guy, uh, make the opening night roster. But so far, he, he's looked pretty, pretty good. Um, Philip Tomasino is another one. Tommy Novak has been really impressive. And, and the thing about Novak is he, he's not a former first round pick. He's not like a really super hyped up prospect like Evangelista or Joachim Kemmel or Yoroslav Askarov or anyone like that. He was just kind of, kind of rose to the ranks a little bit. And then he had a really good year last year. And the question was, can he translate that production into this year? And it looks like he is. He's also, he's playing on a line with Evangelista and Tomasino. Uh, so I think that's, that's pretty good. That's, that's a really good, it, right now it's their third line, but the way Andrew Burnett rolls the lines, there's not really like a one, two, three, four. They just kind of mix and match. Um, but that, but that's a really good line that, that's been producing a lot. And I think those are the guys that are kind of, the fans could be excited about right now. Obviously, maybe you get a month or two into the season, you're looking for some call-ups. Igor Afanasyev is, is kind of a big power forward, someone who I think can come in and fit right in on the third, fourth line today if they needed him to. And obviously, Joachim Kemmel, the guy is amazing. He's got a dynamite shot. He's he's as close to NHL ready as you could possibly be without quite being there. I think he will be in the NHL at some point. You watch the preseason, the rookie showcase, like the guy can, he just, he knows how to score. He can score from anywhere. And I think that's, I think he will be the best forward prospect that the Predators have ever drafted if he gets to the NHL and they actually give him a chance and he doesn't have an Ellie Tolvanen situation on his hands. <laughs> an Ellie Tolvanen situation. The Oilers have had a handful mm-hmm. of those at their time. Just young guys who, I mean, whatever, you let them go. Um, I, you talked about Andrew Brunette and the way he's just kind of rolling four lines. I'm actually intrigued to focus on tonight's game a little bit to see if he keeps up with that. Because the Oilers are going with what we call the nuclear play, which is when McDavid and Dryas will start the game together, roll the whole game together. How do you think Brunette's going to handle that? Is there one Preds line that you think is best equipped to try shut down 97 and 29? Or do you think it's just going to be, hey, we'll do it as a team? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think the the first two games, Brunette kind of kept the lines the way they were, the way they started in the last game against Boston. When, when you have a power play that's going over seven, you, you have to change something up. You have to try and mix and match. You, you start double shifting some forwards. Maybe you pull some guys and, and try and throw them on different lines and see what happens. When, when you're going up against two, two players like uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, I mean, you basically, you, you, I think you have a game plan, but it probably goes out the window, you know, the, the second they touch the ice because they're just two dynamic players. They're really hard to stop. And, and, and Nashville's defense too, even, even the way, uh, that they've had to Luke Shen played the first game. He's has a lower body injury. He sat out the last two. You, you think Roman Yossi and Dante Fabro are probably going to be the, the, the top pairing, but you never know. I mean, Barry could slide up there. Fabro could be on the third pairing. The, and I think that, I think Brunette likes that. He likes having that kind of freedom to where he can just kind of mix and match and pull some guys over. I think he'll stick with the lines that he starts the game with for at least probably the first period or so. And then if the predators fall behind, obviously, or if McDavid and dry, just go out and light it up probably going to see some switching around. I think Nyquist is someone who is going to probably bounce around on the second or third line. Um, as far as the line that's probably best equipped to slow those guys down, I would probably say the Colton Sissons, uh, Yakov Trenton line, just because of the physicality they bring. Um, and depending on if Cole Smith is on that line or Kiefer Sherwood, obviously Sherwood is more of a, a dynamic player. He's fast. He's speedy. He can probably keep up with a McDavid or a dry sidle better than Cole Smith can. 
Um, but I think whoever whoever is on that that line with uh, Sissons and Trenton, that's probably the line that's best equipped to slow them down just because they're kind of gritty forwards. They can slow the game down. They can go in and create some puck battles and stuff. And they do some things that a lot of the other guys that are more offensive minded don't really do. Fair. Uh, your eyes might roll when I ask you this. So apologies, but I need to do it because the chat wants to know, is there a realistic chance Nashville ever trades UC Soros? Realistic? Maybe. Is it going to happen? I would say probably not if I was just guessing. I know Elliot Friedman is talking to a lot of agents and he's in the know and he was reporting, I think, last week that uh, the Predators are looking for looking to sign Soros to uh, to an extension. And given what Connor Hellebuck just made, it's going to be a sizable raise from the $5 million he's getting now. I mean, David Poyle with a steal of a deal there. Um, I, I do think that's probably the probably the best path forward for this team. Because I've always been taught, you know, if you have a proven commodity and you have someone that could be that has all the potential, you take the proven commodity. And we think Askarov is going to be great. We don't know. We know UC Saros is great. We know he's elite. He should be a Vezina finalist the way he plays. I think, you, I, and it makes sense. I think you got to go with the guy that you know is good. You can trade Askarov. I mean, Barry Trotz dangled him at the draft last time trying to get up into the top five. I think the fact that he was willing to do that shows that he's committed to Saros. And you know what? If it doesn't work, if you sign him to an extension, then all of a sudden he just falls off a cliff and you keep you keep a scar off. You have someone in your in your an ace up your sleeve. Um, but I, I think because something else that's not talked about a lot is the Predators are in kind of this this rebuild, reset, whatever. But Roman Yossi, I believe, is like 33. Philip Forsberg is almost 29. They're trying to rebuild while also trying to get those guys a Stanley Cup before they retire. So. Yeah, you want to rebuild the roster and replenish some things, but also like you have your aging core that you want to try and win a cup with. UC Saros gives you a better chance to win a cup now over the next six, seven years than than Askarov would. So I think I think they're trying to lock him up to a long term deal. I wouldn't be surprised if Askarov is traded this year or next year and you bring back some more prospects, maybe some more first round picks, because as we saw, Barry Trotz loves having the flexibility to dangle draft picks out there and be able to try to move up. Fair enough. Uh, Michael Gallagher writes about the Preds for Nashville hockey. Now, you also write about the NFL for Yard Barker, which technically means we're co-workers all under the Playmaker <laughs> umbrella, Michael. So it was great getting to know you and great chatting with you. Thanks that for doing true. that. true. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. There you go. Michael Gallagher on the Star Mechanical guest line. Does he get invited to the Christmas party? Don't we get invited to the Christmas party? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> These are the questions I have. Uh, star, shout out to Michael for joining us on the Star Mechanical Guest Line. Uh, all right, back over to the Century Mile Racetrack and Casino YouTube chat. Um, yeah, a lot of talk about what they're looking to do in Nashville. They would get a haul for Soros, man. Not to not to dig into this whole thing again, but like if you wanted to jumpstart a rebuild, mm-hmm. you ever play like franchise mode on games and you start with a team and just say, "Okay, I'm going to tear it down." It would be a lot of fun to do with a team like Nashville because yeah. Roman Yossi gets you a haul. Yeah. Soros gets you a haul. Like Forsberg. Forsberg, eight and a half, maybe hurts that a little bit just for what he is. Like yes, any team would pay Yossi nine. Any team would obviously pay Soros, whatever the extension is. Forsberg, maybe not as much, but like if they wanted to just like reset, they would get a lot of those three. That's why it was so weird what they did last summer. Like, or this past summer, I suppose. Just you get rid of Duchesne, you get rid of Johansson, Ekholm is gone at the deadline. And all of a sudden, you sign Ryan O'Reilly, Nyquist, and Luke Shen. Right? It just had all the looks of a team that was about to tear it down and rebuild and do everything. And then it was kind of like, psych. Yeah. And then on top of that, too, you got a brand new GM 
who there is no team that is more loyal than the National Predators. Yeah. Who in Barry Trotz, and you know, he's like first year, this was his chance to really put a put his stamp on things mm-hmm. and but clearly he wants to bring a winning culture to to Nashville. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens tonight on the ice. Uh, UC Saros last year against Edmonton kind of struggled in his two games. He had an 870 save percentage and a 4.46 goals against average. UC Saros in his career against the Oilers has appeared in nine games with a 926 save percentage and a 269 goals against average. So he was dynamite until last year. And that's kind of what hurt his numbers a hair. Um, Although they kind of just brought them back to elite from like out of this world to just elite. Uh, Jack Campbell last year made three starts against the Nashville Predators. The Oilers went 2-0-1. Campbell, though, had an 878 to go with a 3.63. So wasn't one game like 8-5 or something. One of them was bananas last year. Uh, The Oilers went 2-0-1, obviously, same record as Campbell had, with the goals being 16 to 11 in favor of the Oilers. And their power play was 54%, Liam. Wowza. 54. 54%. Oilers PK was also only like 65%. So you want to work on that because the PK has been bad to start the year. Um, but the power play bad. Yeah. The PK is just bad. Like, I just, let's go. Yeah. Mark, you're here to kill penalties. Should Broberg be on the PK right now? Probably not. Probably not. I just don't think that's the brightest idea. But is it short-term pain, long-term gain? Are you letting him learn some tough lessons right now? So that down the line, he's a better penalty killer. Maybe. maybe, Maybe that's true, but I don't know when you, when you lose a game 8-1 and then the next game, my first penalty kill comes up, I wouldn't put Broberg on it. I'd probably go with a veteran pairing and like Kulak and CC. I'd throw like Coleman Nurse on there or something. Daily yeah. Faceoff you know? does not have Broberg on the penalty kill today. Yeah. He's be, been out there though. Might not be a worst thing. He, I, they kind of rotate. Yeah, exactly. Most NHL teams kind of do. Like I know we yeah. have the PK lines on BFO, but a lot of teams are just constantly cycling after uh, Connor McDavid said he sees, quote, good signs amid the Oilers' slow start. I think for him and Leon Draisaitl, there's been good signs. I think for the rest of the team, there's not been. Yeah. The third line is like, honestly, the only thing I can think of that's been a positive or like an unexpected positive or something like that, you know? Yeah. I, I would yeah, add yeah. much else to that, to be honest. Yeah. Not that much else. Uh, players sure, to watch. Really. Players to watch on the Predators. Yusuf Parsonen has two goals and... Uh, Colton Sissons has Col- three, three Who goals. Who had Colton Sissons three goals in three games on the fourth line leading them in goals? But here yeah. we are. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's not even like he just popped a hattie either. Like he scored two yeah, against Boston, two one. one against Seattle. He's got nine shots in three games. This is a dude whose career high heading into the season 12? was 15 back 15. in 2018 19. Um, he's been a career predator as well. He's been on the team now for a decade, which is crazy. Maybe he pops on 20 for the first time as a 29 year old. Crazier things have happened. The Colton says it's season, everybody. What isn't he the one that got the weird contract that was like eight years? No, you're thinking of Cali Yarncroft. Am I? Yeah. Okay. And that deal was has finally expired, I think, too. He's in Toronto now. All right, let's move along to what else is going on tonight. It's the menu, and it's brought to you by our friends at DoorDash for a limited time. You are Canadian listeners. You get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25, all caps on NATION and then the numbers 25. Christmas time or the holiday season's coming up. You can get gifts on there. Maybe you just want to like order a bunch of people gift cards. You don't want to leave the couch, do Christmas shopping that way. DoorDash can support that. They sure can. Dude, you yep. can get 
anything on DoorDash. You can get it's my favorite of them all. And you know what? And a great promo code. Credit where credit is due for the NHL. Great schedule tonight. Great schedule. Let's dig into what's going on on the NHL schedule. Oilers Preds gets going at six o'clock, which means pregame show starts at five o'clock on the Oilers Nation. Oh. YouTube, we will not be on the Facebook or Twitter because the Jason Greger show is also live, but we will be on the YouTube. Uh, Four o'clock start, Vancouver, Philly. I believe that's because of the Phillies game. Yeah, Phillies playoff game tonight. Did you see the Phillies playoff game last night? No, I sure did. Back-to-back dingers in the the first inning. Frank Saravalli was in the crowd with his shirt off. It was nuts. Uh, anyway, Vancouver, <laughs> Philly at four o'clock, uh, five o'clock. I, Minnesota. Would, I would pay a lot of money to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota, Montreal, five thirty. Tampa Bay, Buffalo, also at five thirty. Arizona and the Islanders. Kings taking on the Jets at six o'clock. Colorado's in Seattle at eight. Carolina, San Jose at eight thirty. Dallas and Vegas also gets rolling. That's at a 8:30. great game. Dallas, That'll Vegas, be a great will be good game. game. Neither great team game. has suffered a loss yet. Really? Vegas is three and zero. Dallas is one and zero. Vegas also hit the puck line in three straight. And they're at home tonight. Dallas is going to be scrappy, though. Yeah, there's uh, some good opportunities here. Speaking of puck lines, Liam, are you at all interested in heading over to Betway.com, talking a little bets, and maybe taking the Oilers puck line at plus 165? I'm interested in going to Betway. I'll tell you that much. I, <laughs> I love going to Betway. I am skeptical. Not, I just need them to prove it. You know? Mm-hmm. That's why I, I like to bet with my head now, not yeah. as much as my heart as, Smart. I, as I did on Saturday. Um, I just want them to win. I think I'm going to go safe tonight. think they will win. Is tonight the Preds home opener? No, no they played no. three games. So, no, right. Okay, good. Uh, they hosted Seattle on the 12th. Okay, and they won. That was, that was a shutout, right? Mm-hmm, three rips. Saros already has a shutout, by the way. There you go. It's so he's got nothing to play for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mailed going tonight it. for the Oilers. I'm playing it easy breezy. Oilers win. Dry saddle goal. I might go shot, bro. Oilers win. Dry saddle two plus points is up on Betway at plus 225. Liam, I like it. All right, yeah, I like that spot. That's a good one. How about um, now? Maybe this is just my bitterness coming out a lot mm-hmm. of here. Philly plus 120 over Vancouver at home. Tempting. Vancouver's got to lose eventually. Exactly. <laughs> Philly's, I don't know. They, they're all right. They're not good by any means, but they've, they've got. I think the early days of the season is when you can kind of snag these underdogs a little bit Mm because teams feel like they have a lot to prove and play for and stuff like that. Like the other night when like, like Carolina San Jose matchup, I'm not saying bet San Jose, but if Mackenzie Blackwood is going to make 51 saves against Colorado, probably going to be able to stop Carolina too. We also lost to Anaheim Mm -hmm. plus 220, 60, sorry, not bad. Vegas also underdogs at home. Crazy. That doesn't make a ton of sense to no, me, which means money. the flip flipping the puck line and taking the minus goal and a half would probably be very juicy. That would be very juicy. Anything else you're kind of seeing outside of the Oilers game? Tonight? I think I'm in. So again, I'm doing money line and dry settle two points. Okay. And I'm doing dry settle shot profit plus 110. I, I was starting to go down the rabbit hole of looking at the numbers of like, does he actually shoot the puck more when he's on Connor McDavid's line? Um, does he? I think so. Yeah. Interesting. So he's 97 shooter, man. And I expect the two of them to, to really come out of the gates hard today. So yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, I think that's probably, I'd have to dig into some of the player mm-hmm. props and see stuff. I really like the Oilers money line and dry. So two plus points. 
But as well, a little shameless plug uh, later tonight on boards on pregame with Boardsy mm-hmm. for our little Betway segment. I'm looking right in front of me, and Gavin has already provided me with some numbers and a couple bets that I think you, the viewers, will be very interested in hearing. So come on and hang out with Tyler and I at 5 p.m. today. 5, 5 p.m. on the Oilers Nation YouTube. And we'll be rolling for an hour. We also have a brand new episode of Oilers Nation Radio coming up this afternoon. So a big, big content day here at the Oilers Nation offices because it's hockey season. It's game day. Tyler Mulek says, oh, oh, you almost got me. You almost got me. 12.52, Mulek. You almost tricked me. Almost read it. You put a bet he liked in there. Uh, Sergeant Battle said Leon's going to get four shots in 45 seconds. Easy. Um, Maynard Nugent Spivey said they better win because if they fall to 0-3, yikes. Yeah, I might also go Kyle Connor goals tonight. Just thinking about it. For the Jets? Yeah, Kings goaltender. How did that pop in your head? Oh, Kings goaltender? I I was researching it as you were talking. Mm. (laughs) Three goals in two games. Arguably the most underrated goal scorer in the NHL. Or is he kind of risen above that now? I don't think he's underrated anymore. He was at one point. Yeah. 31 goals a season. Not as good as the year before. I don't know. I like Kyle Connor a lot. I like Kyle Connor too. I'm, I, I still believe Nick Ehlers is the most underrated player on their Ooh, roster. Yes, he is very good. Mm-hmm. He is very good. Fun fact about Nick Ehlers played in the World Junior A Challenge for Denmark in Bonneville. So I know we have one gentleman who listens in Bonneville. So he has been to the RJ Lalonde. Hey, I've, been, uh, I've been there too. Yeah. What's the other Danish player called? Bjorkstrand? He's Danish, yeah. right? They were both there on that Danish team. That was they, a good time for Danish hockey. They tore it up and then they went to the World Juniors and got spanked. So, yeah, that happened. Happened. It's all about the experience. QF Pro says he likes going dry goal over six and a half Oilers. Money line parlay. They do have that up on Betway. Sergeant Battle said, Gavin, you mean yoked handsome Tyler? That is exactly who I mean. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sergeant Battle. Uh, Casey DeSmith's biggest fan as well. <laughs> Did you hear that story? Gavin or Sergeant Battle? Gavin. Gavin. No. Uh, so Gavin does the Betway videos for Canucks Army. Oh, yeah. And I guess Casey DeSmith pulled aside quads in the Canucks room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, who's that handsome guy who you have grown <laughs> betting on your oh, channels? Wow. Yeah, Casey DeSmith, big fan of Gavin. Lifetime fan. Well, Gavin yeah. should get a Casey DeSmith jersey. Hey, I've got a definition. No, show Casey DeSmith should get a Gavin jersey. It's very hilarious. <laughs> there it is. Very good. Uh, again, Pre-gaming with Boardsy. It is brought to you by Sherwood Ford. The Giant it gets going at 5 o'clock. That's going to be a wrap on today's game day. Giant game day edition of Oilers Nation every day. As always, live from the Sports Closet Studio. Hold up the, the jersey. Oh, oh, you almost lost the hook. You can get these at sportscloset.ca. They also have all of the, uh, or not all of the, but a whole bunch of the merch that surrounds it as well. Sportscloset.ca to find out more. Also, if you want to get stocked up on some new nation gear, n- the, the new website is looking good. New Nation yeah. Gear up now, nationgear.ca. We should put a link to that in the YouTube description. New gear, new website. Yeah. It's a new season. New year, new me. It's, today's the season opener. Okay. Shout <laughs> out three. We're trying this again. Shout Wait. out to DoorDash, dash that for the win. Betway, also our friends at Alberta Blue Cross. Tomorrow on the show, we'll be given our big, Alberta Blue Cross big moment of the game for tonight's matchup against the Predators. And also, shout out to Crown Royal. Are they? There they are. Right there. You'll be drinking that tomorrow. Yeah, if they score. If the second line scores a 5v5 goal, I will take a shot at Crown Royal. Yes, that is correct. Uh, Big thanks to Michael Gallagher from Nashville Hockey Now. Give him a follow on Twitter. He covers the Preds like a blanket, and he works for Yard Barker. So we appreciate that. That was my favorite memory of the show. Yeah, that was my favorite memory of the show, by the way. My favorite memory of the show was looking back at Leon Dreisaitl. 
That was good. My favorite memory was the very beginning with not Tyler B. Like, yes, that was very good. That was fine. I take it back. That was my favorite. <laughs> Shout out to Alberta Blue Cross, ab.bluecross.ca slash travels, where you can find out more information. That is a wrap on a Tuesday Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the show. Tyler Mulick, your suspension has been lifted. That is me lifting the suspension. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. See you at pregame in with Boardsy and see you back here tomorrow, 1201 Mountain Time. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.